0: On the block, on demand. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. I may have some news for you in a moment. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Continue standing by. Okay? Not 10. 25 footer. Yes! Off the glass and in. An assassin, Stone Cold. Somebody in Vegas told him they were going to win. The Bills make me want to Taylor going to take a shot. Throwing end zone. He's got Watkins. Touchdown. They didn't look into the group. They didn't look into the heart. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. This is On The Block. Here is your host, Brent Axe. They're on ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome. What's happening, Mohawk Valley? Great to have you on board. You can listen online. They do have the Internet on computers now, ESPNSyracuse.com. The app is a great way to stay in touch. Wherever you go, we go with you on the ESPN app. Download it and uh, hit that listen tab, find us. And wherever you're going, man, you're busy. Christmas shopping, you're moving and grooving, you're bringing the kids here, you're bringing the kids there, you're doing things. Take us with you wherever you go, even out of the car. Like, oh, man, I listened to you, then I got to get out of the car. Well, just put the app on and keep it going. Keep the party going, baby. It's a beautiful thing. So anyway, you listen to us, you know we appreciate that. Here's how you get in touch with the program today, 437-7644. That's the phone number. Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter where the show never stops or you can use the text line to get in touch at 288-0644. No guests today, so why don't you be my guest? I'd like to leave Mondays open whenever possible? Sometimes we have guests on Mondays, but we got a lot of meat to chew on today. We got coaches and general managers getting fired even though the owner of said team said just a, sh- a couple short weeks ago that wouldn't happen. We've got Syracuse basketball to talk about. The Orange lose to Kansas, that's pretty much the Game in this stretch. We thought they would lose and that they can afford to lose. Still kind of get some brownie points for it. We'll look into the finer things of that game and what it means and what it sets up tomorrow for the Orange at Madison Square Garden against Connecticut. We'll go on the blind side as we do every Monday. Seth Goldberg with questions that you or I don't know. but We will attempt to answer anyway. lot to get to on hot takes today, including... How you, what does Uncle Brent always tell you? Don't bet on sports, right? Well, they might make that easier for you to do. And by they, I mean the Supreme Court of the United States of America. We shall dig into that. Seth and I are on polar opposite sides of the college football playoff discussion. Seth, apparently paid off by executives at ESPN, would like to see it hold at 4.00. I want to see eight. I can be talked into six. I don't see how anybody could be opposed to this. So Seth and I will go at it on that a little bit. But we do start with your New York football Giants. Now, 2-10 and after losing to the Oakland Raiders yesterday. You know, it was on this very show a couple weeks ago, and I was speaking of Seth, the Giants fan, we were discussing this, and I'm like, why would John Mara put a statement and say that the Giants were not going to make any changes in season. Why paint yourself into that corner? Well, that's not the Giant way. Giants have only done that once before. They don't fire coaches during the season. And all these things that I heard about Giants lore in the past, and I remember distinctly saying on the air that day, and to Seth, well, what does that have to do with this team? And what does that have to do with Ben McAdoo? And to an extent, what does that have to do with Jerry Reese? You have to look at the situation as it stands and adjust accordingly. It just I didn't – now, even at the time when that statement from John Mara came out, I said, I don't read this as they're not going to fire Ben McAdoo the rest of the year. But Seth and the Giant fans that we talked to both on and off the air were like, no, that means he's not going to do it. And I said, okay, well, he's wrong because this was going nowhere fast. He was just digging and digging and digging the Giants into a hole that – They had not quite seen. They were becoming the Jets before our very eyes. This was all before the Eli Manning debacle a week ago, which John Mara did sign off on, by the way, and we've got some sound bites here, and he had a press conference just over an hour ago making it official that Jerry Reese, the general manager, has been fired. Ben McAdoo, the head coach, has been fired. As Giant fans well know by now. And he was certainly singing a different tune today than he was even just a couple weeks ago. Where we are as a franchise right now, um, you know, we're 2-10. We've kind of been spiraling out of control here. I just felt like we needed a complete overhaul. Uh, I don't think there was any one event or one final act that uh, precipitated that. That's John Mara. He's the owner of the New York Giants, and he's saying there wasn't one act that led to that. Well, You know, the Eli Manning debacle certainly was the cherry on top of that Sunday. But that's what I was saying two weeks ago. For the most part, the Giants know what they're doing and have for years and have not had to make changes in season like this. But it just seemed things were different with Ben McAdoo. It just seemed like this was spiraling out of control. And the fact that at that point, after that embarrassing loss to San Francisco when there was almost half a season left, that you didn't want to give Ben McAdoo the opportunity to see how further he could dig this thing. So now we're hearing that Eli Manning's probably going to start this week and a 210-game consecutive streak was ended for no reason. So we could see Geno Smith come in, look okay, fumble the ball twice, do nothing to say, boy, why have they had Eli in there all this time, right? To have Geno come in and take a shot at his a uh, former head coach rex ryan no i didn't see that um and you know i love coach mac i think we all do um i enjoy playing for him uh, you know i, I want to continue to play for him uh as long as i can um but i did see one of my ex-coaches say he didn't want me to be his quarterback and that really upset me you know the guy that we saved his job 2013 you know we fought our ass off for him both years and for him to come out and say that just shows you how much of a coward he is what coach are you talking about rex ryan what other coach could he be talking about there? I mean, I get why the reporter would clarify that. It just so we're chair on that. Who, who exactly were okay, Rex Ryan. Ryan. Yes, thank you. Ben Affleck chiming in there. So this is the state of Giants football right now. It is the state that Giant fans are not used to being in, but it is where you are, and now the Giants have to clean this up. Ernie Accorzy, the former general manager of the Giants, who I hold in very high regard, who we have not talked to in a while, and I would love to circle back and talk football with Ernie again. He joined me quite regularly on a former edition of this program at a different radio station. And then one of those things, you just kind of lose touch, and he goes one way, we go the other. But we miss Ernie. But I loved his football insight and was always very accommodating with his time. And he's going to help the Giants get back to where they were. Now, it should be duly noted that Ernie Accorzy helped the Chicago Bears hire John Fox who now takes the cake as the biggest raging grease fire of a head coach in the NFL as we speak. So McAdoo, gone. And they're saying, you know, by they, the experts, the Schefters and the Mortensons and the insiders of the world, there's always a lot of coaching changes made. They're saying up to 10 coaching jobs could be available Between now and, you know, that Black Monday, the day after the regular season ends, when most of the firings take place, the Giants got a head start. So if you're the New York football Giants, where do you look now? I mean, I even saw somebody say it today that would be in a position to know. The first phone call you always make on these things is Nick Saban. And then when Nick Saban says no, then you start looking at the quote unquote real list. Sean McDermott's name popped up pretty early in the bill search last year, and that's who it ended up being. I was surprised it was somebody's name who popped up and actually ended up circling back to. So if you're a Giants fan and you're you're looking at, you know, Ben McAdoo led this team to the playoffs a year ago. He was 13 and 15 overall. He has one of the shortest tenures in Giants history. This was the Wonder Boy that you shoved Tom Coughlin out the door for. Let's not forget because of his offensive prowess, when, and to be fair, this team's been ravaged by injury this year, and he, you know, Eli Manning, Geno Smith, Brent Axe, at quarterback, they had nobody to throw to, and too many different offensive line combinations, like I said, the sinkhole just kept filling in, and here we sit with the Giants at 2-10, and 10. they got to finish out a season. By the way, as John Mara noted today, a familiar name, will lead the Giants for the rest of the season. I've spoken to Steve, and he's still trying to uh, come to grips with this whole thing. He wants to talk to his offensive staff, and then he's going to talk to Kevin and myself. Ultimately, it's going to be his decision as to who to play at quarterback. Steve being Steve Spagnuolo, and Eli is going to start, according to reports, but we'll see if Steve keeps Geno Smith in there. There was reports, as Seth mentioned during the update, that former players were going to show up with Eli Manning jerseys for the Giants home game this weekend. So the Giants need to put that fire out. They put one fire out today with McAdoo, went over here, put another fire out with Reese. You don't want fans booing and making a scene in fans in New York would do such a thing. Put out as many fires as you can right now. That is why you cannot speak like a Sith when you're in sports, because only Siths speak in absolutes. Bad Star Wars joke there for those of you that don't know Star Wars. For those of you that know Star Wars, yeah, fist bump. You know it. Can't speak in absolutes in sports as much as we want them to so we can hold them accountable for it, right? We want our coaches and players to make guarantees and say things and lay it out for us, Right which we've held back on them when they're wrong. Dino Babers has done it to an extent, right? And we've kind of said, no, that didn't happen. So this is why coaches are careful. And general managers and owners are careful about what they say and how they say it. As frustrating as it is, I understand why they do it. So what direction should the Giants go in for coach? And we start labeling things. Offensive coach, defensive coach, young guy, first-time coach, get a coordinator, right? They just did this when Coughlin was at the end of a stretch where the Giants had not made the postseason in five straight years. McAdoo was the guru, the offensive guy that they just could not let go. Remember, think how fates could be different here. They did this to keep Ben McAdoo from going to the Philadelphia Eagles. They're doing okay. What if McAdoo took over with the Eagles? I mean, who knows? He's got a better quarterback situation, a healthy team. He did coach a playoff team a year ago, but McAdoo took the fall for a lot of things that, you know, weren't his fault, but plenty that were. Make no mistake about it. So what direction do you go in now? Is Matt Patricia, Central New York native, a name that Giant fans would like to see? Because I could see him leaving his current gig for this one. Here's the thing. As much as Ben McAdoo tried to, how can I put this, stain this position, being the head coach of the New York Giants, is still in a steam position. Could St. Doug perhaps want to come back home and take over the Giants? I mean, he's got Jacksonville at eight and four, and all likelihood a playoff team. But uh, we all know Doug—he changes his dream job every two minutes here. And was he had the Jets' job? He was coming home. He was a favorite for that, and well, we all know what happened there. So I don't think that'll happen, but. Never say never, my friends. The Giants got a jump start on this. They've got a coach who at least has been there and done that to hold down the fort until the new year, and then off we go. Will they find a general manager by then? So Giant fans got what they were asking for. And the Giants, who had a huge misstep last week, made up for it today. Why wait? The situation is what it is. Mara recognized it, took some blame today saying that he could have been the guy that overrode the decision by Manning. And he signed off on that initially, and he took the heat for that, and I'll give him credit for doing that. Mara saying today, though, that it was not public perception that caused this firing to happen. Really had no effect whatsoever. Two and ten is two and ten, and um, obviously – the public reaction to that was not pleasant, but that really didn't have any effect on our decision. I don't believe that, considering how media savvy he is. I know he's a uh, big listener of our buddy Mike Francesa down in New York. The back pages, you can't get away from it in New York. You just can't. There, if there's one place in the world where public perception's everything and they can't overreact, but where there are always factors in these decisions, it is there for sure. So Giant fans got what they wanted and got what they needed and got what they deserve. frankly. The Giants just had to turn the page on this mess. Where do you go from here is the question. Early thoughts from Giant fans out there, 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. We'll certainly discuss that a little bit more. We've got some hot takes to come, including how sports gambling could just be normal sooner than you think could walk into your local casino and bet on tonight's Monday Night Football game and not have to go see Vinnie Boombot's Joey Bag of Donuts on the corner or do it in a shady kind of way. You can just walk right in, place a bet on that game. Because the Supreme Court of the United States heard that case today and seems to be leaning in favor of it. So we'll discuss that during hot takes coming up. But next, it all makes for great drama and television theater The committee did get it right yesterday with the four teams that will be in, notably the fourth team that got in. So what's the problem with two more teams, or in what I'd like to see, four more teams? This, to me, is so simple, yet people, well, you know, have opinions on it the other way. So we'll discuss that a little bit next. Six teams, eight teams, and I understand that that could lead to 12, and that could lead to 16, and it's oversaturated. There's no perfect number. What I know is four is not enough if you truly want to decide a champion on the field. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. We'll talk about that coming up. Stay right there. Get into my car. Hey, hey, you, you. Get into my car. In light of recent events, it sounds kind of creepy these days, doesn't it? You can get a lot way, you can get away with a lot more in the 80s. Hey, get in my car! Now, what is it? It's stranger danger, right? Don't worry, Billy Ocean. I'd get into your car. I trust you. I trust Billy Ocean. That's just me. Anyway. Uh, Gronk got suspended for a game. He got everything he deserved there. I will get more into that into hot, in hot takes. Will he hold at a game is the question, given the NFL's appeals process and everything that goes with that. We will discuss coming up. But listen, to me, this is simple. I don't understand the outcry why this is an even ar- an argument of why a red-blooded American football fan would not want to see more football games, would not want to see things settled on the field. It amazes me how college football fans have been brainwashed. It is a great little drama. It's a good little television show. Their little rankings thing that they put out is nice. But the fact that some people feel that beyond four teams in a tournament to decide the college football champion would be some sort of travesty, I just look at you and I say... That's just dumb. Now, you can talk me into six... But I feel eight teams would truly tell us who deserves to win the national championship and do it on the field. Well, that means the ninth team would get left out, Brent. Yes, someone always gets left out. Okay, that you just have to accept. And I think we're getting a little bloated if we get to 12 or to 16, even though they do that at Division three football. But for those that say it would dampen or cheapen or take away drama, From the regular season. My answer to you would be you don't watch college football, nor do you get college football. Are you telling me that in the passion places in this country, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, in Happy Valley, in Lincoln, Nebraska, in Ann Arbor, Michigan, in Columbus, Ohio, that college football would mean less, that less people would care, that they would not be all in the way that they are, given the religion and the passion to which they follow their teams? Because there'd be two more in the playoff or four more in the playoff. And even the teams that aren't even involved in the playoff, which, by the way, is a vast majority of college football. And see, that's just it. How would it take away anything from college football when there's only eight teams in this thing, under my theory, six teams in my compromise, or four now? College football in its regular season would still be critical. Case in point, Ohio State. Ohio State lost to Iowa. They got blown out by Iowa. That cost them a playoff spot. But for those that feel Ohio State is still good enough to play in this thing, guess what? You're right. Wisconsin lost one game to Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. Does that mean Wisconsin should not have a shot in this thing? The answer is they should have a shot at this thing. I want to know. Not because Kirk Herbstreit told me, because I saw it on the field. There's no way that UCF could compete with these teams. That is a joke. That is an opinion, is what it is. I want to see Scott Frost, and I understand recent circumstances. He took them to Nebraska job, even though he is going to coach UCF in their bowl game. You got three weeks to get ready for this thing. I want to see Scott Frost with that opportunity. Have you seen some of the players that they have at Central Florida, by the way? Have you seen that quarterback play? They have one of the best defensive players in college football. Do I think UCF, as an eight seed, would have a shot against Clemson? No. But that's my opinion. I've been wrong before, many times. So have the pundits. So have everybody that gets to that point in sports where we write things definitively when we know better. The defining principle of sports is that's why you play the games. The beauty of this is even the best gamblers in the world are at 55%. Because sports always teaches us a lesson. Just when you think you know, you have no idea. I don't understand why anybody would be opposed to that. Because it would not solve all of our questions, but it would solve many of them. Auburn? Auburn's a damn good football team that lost a revenge game to Georgia, a team they played three weeks ago in an SEC title game. You're telling me they're not good enough after beating Alabama, who's in this thing, to at least have a shot as a, whatever, a 6 or a 7 seed to do this? That USC shouldn't have an opportunity to play in this thing? And again, someone gets left out, right? Penn State would get left out. Maybe Miami would get left out after the great season that they had. So you'd still have your drama, you can still have your little committee and put this thing together, and the easy thing to do is five power five champions get in, and then there's three wild cards, and we could determine how those wild cards get in. But there's your drama. There's your discussion. ESPN gets the little television shows that they can have and discuss this, and they can have a manufactured thing every week, and they can still do their rankings, and they can still get what they pay for. I don't understand why anybody would be opposed to that. And why you think that would cheapen the regular season is beyond me. I'll say it again. If you think that would cheapen the regular season, you don't watch college football. You don't get college football. Look where college football is most passionate in this country. Those are the teams that are in this thing. The four that are in are all Southern teams. Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, Oklahoma, you know, air quotes Southern, but certainly all below the Mason-Dixon line. If you really wanted to get into conspiracy theories here, and this would be better for sports talk radio and debate and discussion and hot takes and all that fun stuff today. That's high. If Ohio State was in, because, you know, the debate of Alabama versus Ohio State, the regional thing, because Columbus is a major television market in this thing. Columbus and Birmingham are frequently the two highest rated markets for college major college sports events they want the midwest engaged they want ohio state fans engaged they want michigan fans watching to root against ohio state right this becomes a very regional thing it hurts them so good for the committee for saying no we think alabama's better ohio state lost by 30 to iowa and they lost to oklahoma a team that's in this thing that means you're out But I'd still like to see Ohio State play in this thing. That eliminates them under this scenario. But guess what happens in college football? You lose. It's part of the season. We have been brainwashed. We have been told over a number of years, and this to me is wrong, that being undefeated is it. And we have now learned how dumb that is. We have now learned how hard that is, particularly in this day and age of college football. You will lose a football game. Clemson came to the Carrier Dome on a Friday night, October 13th, appropriate Friday the 13th theme there. Starting quarterback knocked out, and even though all the athletes at all the positions are better than any athlete at any position for the most part on Syracuse, they lost that game. Because you know why? Because sports, because of college football, because it happens, because things don't go according to script. We get so, and this is the problem with football, we get six days to talk ourselves into something, and then when the opposite happens, you get all thrown off. Well, that's sports. There's so much entitlement in college football, it drives me crazy. How about we make you earn it? You're telling me Ohio State shouldn't have another chance because they lost to Iowa by 30 points? It eliminates them from this scenario, but it shouldn't eliminate them from the grand scenario because they made up for it in other ways. I think Wisconsin would get the doors blown off in this thing, because the quarterback stinks, and he turns the ball over all the time. But you know what? If they have a good day, they have a really good running back, and Jonathan Taylor, one of the best defenses in college football, and they play Georgia, a team that they, I think, would match up with pretty well, why shouldn't they have a chance to advance? Settle it on the damn football field, and this would probably still keep... Central Florida out. This thing wasn't designed for the Central Floridas of the world and the Memphises of the world and the teams that, you know, are on the fringe saying, hey, what about us over here? It still probably wouldn't solve that, and somebody would get left out. I'm not saying this is perfect, but I just, it just boggles my mind why people would not want to see a couple more college football games that would give more validity to who truly is the best. Now, the NFL is a bad analogy to make here, but I'm going to make it anyway because they play five more regular season games than college football. These are professionals. It's a much more physical game. Football at the professional level is its at the professional level. One of the beauties of college football is it is flawed. It is flawed by the young men out there playing it, and bad things happen. They go on the road, and they get intimidated. The quarterback gets hurt that, you know, Everybody's got a bad day. Even mighty Alabama loses to Auburn. But what happens in college football is what I said. It's entitlement, and it's buildup, and it's bias. There is so much bias in college football. As much as these guys pretend they don't have bias, they do, because they played somewhere, and they have loyalties to certain regions of the country, certain teams that they played for. When you just look at it objectively, and you take all that nonsense out of there, and I love the passion of the college football fan, how can you come to any conclusion but we should let more teams in this thing? If you're a fan of the sport and just want to see it settled on the field. Let's see what Tom and Fremont thinks. A 4 3 7, 76 44. What's up, Tom? Hey, X Man. I agree with you. I think the winner of that Wisconsin um, Ohio State game, the Big Ten Championship, definitely should have been in there. Definitely. It took, I mean, Wisconsin wasn't even getting any consideration at all. And so, I mean, they got to go 12-0 even to get in the conversation. I don't get it. I don't like the fact that two SEC SEC teams are in there and that the conference championship doesn't mean anything like it does in uh, the basketball tournament. And, you know, people were ratting on Wisconsin because of their schedule. Well, in college football, schedules are made five years ahead of time. Now, you can add a game or two or take away a game. Wisconsin's a good example of that. They just canceled their series with Syracuse, as a matter of fact. That was coming up in a few years. But you're going to hold it against Wisconsin because the schedule that was made four years ago by somebody who's not even in the current administration, and thanks for the call, Tom, was weak that this was their year in the Big Ten rotation when they didn't get the team's that everybody else gets, you're going to hold that against them? Well, they didn't beat anybody. Well, it's not their fault. They beat everybody they had to, played a real team in Ohio State, got beat, stayed in that game to the end. It's not like they got their doors blown off. To me, they've done enough to say, just give us a shot. Give us a shot in a playoff scenario to see what we can do. A little cheap in the regular season. Oh, it will. Okay. You're telling me you wouldn't watch college football as much as you do now and the people in some of those towns that I mentioned across the country and others that I didn't, Madison being another one, would just kind of take a Saturday or two off because there's a playoff at the end of the year with a couple extra teams in it? You're an idiot if you think that. You are a true idiot. The guy is drunk. Go to these places and see how they live for college football. This is their lives and if they added a playoff a couple teams in, they'd be like, nah, I'm good. I've been planning this tailgate for six months, but I'm gonna i t- I'm gonna take this one off and go apple picking like they do in Syracuse. I mean, grow up. Seriously. Pay attention. The Ax Man has spoken. There we go. I'm glad we settled this. Can we get on this now? And again, I would I would actually compromise at six. I I, I- I'm a fair person sometimes i would compromise at six but eight to me is ideal eight to me is now we are settling it on the field but you know then you know the hot take artists would have less to chew on and that's hot god forbid they would do that speaking of which we'll do some hot takes next including why it's going to be easier for you to gamble on sports which uncle brent tells you not to do but you certainly do anyway thank you bye-bye